Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 34. My name is Damien Ross, and besides being the host of this podcast, I'm also the publisher of a digital nomad magazine called Rootless Living. We have a special episode today. When I started this podcast, I knew I'd want to start with people, but we always knew we would want to be adding products and places as potential episodes as well. The idea moving forward is to continue to interview digital nomads on Mondays and bring in a shorter episode about products and places during the midweek, aka bonus episodes. And also full disclosure, these are not paid spots. The show is still by invite only, and the products and places and episodes will just be about things we think digital nomads would want to know about. Today I'm talking to one of my favorite mods that I recently did to my rig by installing snap pads. They are basically shoes for your levels and something I wish I had since day one. I had a chance to chat with Kent Wilson who along with his dad and brothers launched SnapPad to solve the problem every RVer knows, running around to place pads or blocks under our levelers. But like always, before I say too much, let's get into the episode. All right, with that I want to welcome Kent to the show. Kent, how are you? Good, how are you doing these days? I know it's been tough uh, <laughs> in a lot of ways, but hopefully you're healthy and happy. I am. I am. Hopefully you're doing the same. I think everyone is uh, pushing through the best they can in and around just, you know, our new climate, if you want to call it that, and trying to work through it. I talked about this a little bit in the intro. You kind of were the genesis of the idea of doing this. As you and I were talking, I just thought, you know what, I bet our viewers would like to know, one, obviously about really cool kind of mods or products for sure. And then two, just kind of the origins behind it. I think a lot of times um, as I'm talking to people that full-time RV, a lot of them are entrepreneurs or trying to start something or, you know, figuring it out Mm -hmm. as kind of they go along. And it's just interesting to hear how companies got started. So what I like to do is just go back to kind of the beginning of SnapPad, if you can, and well, take us on the journey, how it all got started. Yeah, I'd love to do that. It's it's a funny little story, to tell you the truth. As some people probably know, we're a family business. Um, but it, it didn't start, you know, launched the company in late 2015 officially, but it actually, you know, the whole story starts 25 to 30 years ago with my dad, who, uh, who worked with a partner to launch a leveling product into the RV system. Or, uh, industry, I should say, and um, it worked. It, it's I'm not going to name the company now, just because there's there's issues around that. But they launched it into the industry, um, and it's still there today. And I guarantee that if you have an RV, you either own some of these or have seen them. So, um, you know, he came back to us. We're we're three brothers. I'm the oldest. He came to us uh, in 2015 and said, "Hey guys, why don't we give RVing another shot?" So myself, I'm I have a background in communications and digital marketing. My youngest brother uh, was an SEO expert who was working in Vancouver at the time, which is a coastal city here in Canada. And my middle brother had just gone through uh, business administration. And he said, hey guys, um, you know, let's do another leveling product. And we kind of came together and said, how can we, you know, launch something that's fresh and new? And uh, we came up with the permanent idea. So, you know, RVs had greatly evolved since he had done (laughs) the work uh, 25 to 30 years ago. And there's a lot more of the automatic leveling system with metal jacks on the bottom and everyone was still kind of putting things below it. And we said, how do we, how do we make something that snaps right onto these things or stays on? Uh, uh, because that seems to be a, a sort of a quantum leap over what's happening now. So we started with magnets and we started with adhesives and glue and it, just through iterating and prototyping, we came upon the, uh, the snapping right on with a lip and sort of the rest is history for us. Yeah, without a doubt. And I, you know, full disclosure, I went almost three years before I got snap pads and 
I was one of those people that were trying to, you know, auto level and then all those obviously run around my rig and make sure that the little yellow or orange yeah. little platforms that I purchased or even wood or whatever it is end up lined up underneath it. When you guys kind of have the aha moment of them snapping in, what came first, the name or the aha moment? Because it's a perfect name. I mean, as a, an entrepreneur kind of marketer, <laughs> you know, like the, the ones that are out there, like U-Haul, like U-Haul is a great name. If you think about the service mm -hmm. they provide, you know, it just explains it in the name. Snappad, I think people like get it. I, maybe some people don't realize that it's permanently. I mean, it's not permanently. You can take it off. I've seen people have to right. do that and it's, it's good work to take it off. Don't get me wrong, but they are on there and they're on there secure. How did the name come into play? Well, the funny thing is, is we are kind of committed to the magnet idea first. So we called that Magpad. <laughs> and we were that was sort of the operating prototype name for the the product so when we found the sort of just the mechanical snap on feature uh, it was just a, a very easy sort of move from magpad to snappad and and you're right it's it's been a perfect name for it because it, it tells you exactly what the product is doing. Was there concern going to kind of a snap system because obviously I mean you know the the feet industry of an RV better than I do, but then now you're really having to create multiple molds because it's not one perfect circumference, right, for every leg. <laughs> yeah, to tell you the <laughs> truth, we did not know what we were getting ourselves into when we started this. So we launched with the nine-inch version, round version, which you find on a lot of, uh, especially fifth wheels with some class A's. And uh, we just wanted to see if it would work and not only work if people would take to the idea. So... As I said, we launched in late 2015. Uh, all of us had other jobs. Um, I was actually working two other jobs at the time. So this was very much on the side of the plate. We had a one page website and uh, we had, I think, two product options, which is six pack and a four pack of the nine inch guys. And, you know, we said, let's put it out there and see if people like it. And, um, and they did. And so what actually happened was just a natural evolution from there because people who didn't have the nine inches were seeing them contacting us and saying, I wish you had some for size X or conf configuration Y. So we started, you know, just building most <laughs> requested sizes from there. But you're right, we've, I think, over 40 different SKUs now, just because there are so many different little feet or configurations. Some have bigger ones on the back or different shaped ones. And we actually didn't know it was this fractured in the industry. And we've just kind of had to educate ourselves as we gone along. Yeah. And I think ho hopefully too, I mean, we started this conversation, obviously Kent knows what snap pads are. I do too, but just in case you don't, they're literally shoes for the feet of your rig. I mean, I, I mm -hmm. shot a video as I was kind of installing that I haven't released yet. And that's what I kept saying, you know, I'm a shoe guy and I really like it, but I was, I was really shocked how thick they are from the point of where it snaps to how much real padding and cushion and, and just really how like tough they are. But they're like, they're like a really good rubber, I like horseshoe in a way, I guess you would say, because it does give you that little lift, which is great. And I honestly, well, full disclosure, the campground I'm at now is so wobbly that I had to put two yellows under one of uh, my, uh, my levels and just in the front but no others. And yeah. that's actually been really great. It's a huge time consumer. I don't have to worry about, it. especially I'd like to, you know, camp on farms and grassy area. And I just don't have to worry about if the, and it's actually a really thin piece of metal, which has always been odd to me too. I mean, it's sturdy, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, but it's not nearly as 
thick as I think it should be for the amount of weight that it's supposed to hold and what it might press up against. I was shocked at just how thick these are and how durable they feel and just the weight and the material that goes into them. And they really do snap on and then they're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. When we were making them, um, to prototype, we actually had to, to find someone in the rubber industry who would work with us in the first place because we didn't have, you know, any orders or anything. <laughs> so, uh, and that our first manufacturer recommended recycled rubber tires because, uh, there's a lot of those it's environmentally friendly and it makes a really tough and durable product because, you know, tires of themselves <laughs> when they're rolling down the road, they have to be tough. And then when we were prototyping them, we knew we had to make them really, you know, thick and sturdy because, uh, they're going to take a pounding. They're under RVs when you're driving They're you know, some classic motorhomes are 20 to 40,000 pounds. So we, we did compression testing. We did shake testing. We put them through a lot of rigors in a third party lab. Uh, you know, they, they cooked them at 140 degrees. They put them down to, I think minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit. And we just, we had to make sure that, you know, if we're going to have people snapping these things on, not only do they have to stay on, they have to last because, you know, that's the only way you get value out of, out of something like this. Do you have any data? I mean, I know it's still a fairly new company, you know, five years old. Uh, how long these things should last with kind of just normal wear and tear and, you know, people aren't doing, you know, just destructive type things with them, like leaving them <laughs> down and driving away kind of a thing. But is there like an idea of how long they'll last? It really depends on what the person's doing with them. Um, uh, the vast majority of uh, people buying ones or twos is because they bought them out somewhere and, and literally scraped them off and lost them. Um, that's the only real way to to get one off your rig, aside from you know prying it off with a crowbar. But um, every so often we see someone who's who's punched through one or, or had them sort of crumble, and that's because they put them through some sort of extreme environment and they've sat on them for six to twelve months type of thing, and it's it can only do so so much. But we also have a lot of people who bought our our original pad, which actually doesn't even exist anymore, five years ago, and we contact them every so often and say, hey, how's it going? And they're like, oh, they're great, they're fine, and they still haven't gone <laughs> gone through the that pad, and, they, and they're full timers, so they're they're using them all the time. So it's it is the type of thing where if if we we think if you don't beat them up too much. They might last as long as your rig does. Yeah, so it almost sounds like shoes for the everyday person. It really depends on what you're doing to them. But even then, <laughs> exactly. you know, I, I I think if you do get five years out of them, that's really mm -hmm. good. And and just there is there isn't just this idea of wow, here's one less thing I have to worry about and do. It is a little bit of protection for your levels too, and it's helping them because they're not going as far down as they normally do. So both of those things are really cool too. Real quick, just two things I want to see while I've got you on the phone is that one is I I watched some, I read some of the instructions. I'm one of those guys. <laughs> like besides IKEA furniture, I pretty much kind of throw yeah. the instructions out and I try to figure it out on my own. And I'd seen enough kind of install <laughs> videos that I knew that soap would help. And one of the things I noticed is as I was cleaning kind of the feet that are on my rig, it was you know a soapy kind of watery thing. I would then just kind of just put a good little soapy water mix in and around the snap pad. And that just seemed like they just all popped in and they're, I mean, super easy, ready to go. Is there any kind of maintenance that I should be doing? I mean, I don't know. In my head, I'm thinking, should I be armor rolling these every once in a while? Is there anything like that I should be doing in and around, just making sure I get as much wear and tear and use out of them as I can? 
Uh, you know, not really. It's it's the same t- sort of things you would do to your RV in general. Uh, maybe even tires on your RV, you clean them off. You, you make sure there's stuff not accumulating on the top. Um, the one thing some people do these days is uh, before they actually put the snap pads on, they'll coat the foot in something like Flex Seal or just you know something that prevents water from getting at the coating or the metal. And then they snap the snap pad on, they have sort of that double layer of protection. But, but really it's, you know, the other thing I, I would recommend to people is we've put a bolt access hole in the bottom of them for, for a reason, because your, your jacks are obviously bolted to the assembly on the bottom. And sometimes over time that can, can, can become loose and it becomes too loose. Obviously the foot, the entire foot shakes off. So every so often, just make sure those bolts are tight. <laughs> Good advice. I don't think I've even really thought yeah. about going around and checking those. And it's funny. I thought the hole was there for possible drainage. Does water really even get in between kind of the the foot and the pad once it's snapped on? It's definitely there for that as well. Okay. And uh, it depends on what kind of snap pads you have. The extras I think that you have are pretty tight on the top. And then we have those drainage channels uh, next to the foot on the top. But uh, yeah, if anything seeps in there, you're hoping that it, it goes out the bottom anyways. Now, is it only made for round legs? I know I see a lot of people that have like the scissor type, you know, mm. when they get out with their drill and they do it. Do you guys have smaller pads for those or is it just more of the circumference kind of levels? Uh, we started mainly with circular ones. We did the nine inch, then we did eights and tens, which are common to highway or sorry, HWH leveling systems. Then we went into the uh, octagon shaped ones, which Bigfoot and equalizer feature a lot of the time. And now we're just kind of getting into the the smaller ones uh, that are common to towables and things. So we've got six inch and five inch round ones, which we call minis. And we're just going to release uh, what we're calling square six and square five, which is for the the square feet you see in a lot of towables uh, as well. And then the scissor jack systems are a totally different engineering problem. So once we've gotten through as many of the automatic leveling system and stabilizers, which just have a foot on them, then we're going to tackle scissor jacks and figure out how we can do something permanent for them too, just because it's a, it's a little different assembly and, and issue. So it's, but by the end, you know, we're hoping to have something permanent for almost everyone on the market. That's awesome. And something I like to talk about just in case there's business minded people listening How's been the patent process? Because my understanding, just in a quick conversation with you, is that this is your praetor. Cut out there for a second. This is your kind of invention, and no one else should be putting pads on the bottom of levels. Correct? Uh, yes. Well, through <laughs> so the patent process took about two and a half years. It was very in depth. Um, we had to cross T's, dot I's. Uh, go back and forth with lawyers um and it's it's mostly just the mechanical snap-on thing it i think it has to do with the kind of rubber we're using it has to do with the lip and the engineering um so yeah we we kind of own that uh intellectual property uh, at least in the united states moving forward so i just think say that just to be you know if you're out there and you <laughs> see these and they're not snap pads i think it's important when especially like mom and pop companies are starting and growing, it's easy for the big guy to come in and be like, oh, why didn't we think of that? And let's do it now. And so just all, uh, the reason I want to ask that, especially when you're patent protected is if you're out there shopping as a consumer, make sure they're snap pads. If it's snapping on, you know, that's 
they've put all the work and you've heard just even from Kent, just all they had to do, all the testing. And I don't, I don't think we really got into all the failures and all the successes and just, <laughs> you know, probably just the grueling headaches of getting to where this product I'll, I'll call perfect. I mean, I think it's one of the, the mods that all RVers, if you are traveling a lot, I think it's a mod you need to add. It's a, it's a product you need to put on your rig as soon as you can. Don't wait three years like I did. It, it, <laughs> it really makes a big difference. Yeah. Thanks so much for that. And I, I think what I'll add as a company that we understand that the IP process and the, and the patents is kind of, it's necessary, but it isn't sufficient to be, you know, to, to stave off competition and to be, you know, a good company. So we're, our, our big focus after getting the patent was just establishing ourselves and being the kind of company we'd want to deal with <laughs> if we were on the other end of the, of the line. Right. So we try to have the best customer service possible. We try to make the best quality products possible. We try to make our website as easy to use as possible. So it's, it is a type of thing where we know that if someone else and at some point someone else may come along with an alternative product, uh, we want to beat them just by being as good as possible, not just because we have a patent. That's awesome. Now let's talk about where people can find them, how people can order them. I know most people think just snappad.com, but I just want to make sure that we talk about exactly all the different ways they can find it, buy it and get them. Yeah. Well, as I said, we kind of started with our own website and that's grown over the years. Um, it's still there. The issue for us right now is the pandemic uh, that we're all still kind of dealing with really limited our manufacturing partners capacity just due to staffing and health concerns. And we're actually in the middle of um, looking into other partners when the pandemic hit and a lot of them shut down uh, completely. So we couldn't move forward with increasing our capacity. So we are technically sold out on our website right now, which would be the first place to go. But um, we do have other partners who are getting drips and drops of inventory here and there. So you can find them on e-trailer. Uh, we have over 300 dealerships in the U U.S. who currently uh, carry them. We have, uh, they should show up on Walmart every so often on the website. Uh, Amazon, you can probably find them. Um, and if you can't find the snap pads for you right now, uh, we're hoping that by, you know, August and September, we're fully up and running again, just because, you know, our current manufacturing partners kind of getting back up to speed and we're, we've got about three other guys uh, who are now testing snap pads to make sure they can make them at the quality we need them to. So we're hoping at least two or two of them are up and running by August, September and, and hopefully we have stock everywhere and as many as snap ads as people can possibly want. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think people forget that, you know, this isn't unique just to you guys. I mean, obviously I'm talking to a lot of people in the industry and there's been a huge backlog. I mean, just even outside of the industry, just learning that there's something like 300,000 driving tests that are backlogged on now at the DMV, like that kind of stuff. Like people just don't think about that. It's, it's really trickled its way almost into everyone. So yeah, definitely be patient, but definitely, you know, do your due diligence trying to find them because they are out there. And is there any kind of waiting list? Let's say someone can't find them for whatever reason. Should they contact you guys through the website and just get on a waiting list or get help and maybe trying to find them? Yeah, the, the best thing to do is go to our website and, and go through one of, we have a way to tell you what Snappad package you should get first. So we have a little sort of 
back and forth quiz where we ask you what kind of RV you have and what kind of leveling system. And because as we discussed earlier, there's a lot of different configurations out there. So by the end of that process, we'll tell you one, what package you should get. And you, we will send you to that packages um, page on our website. And you can either join a waiting list and it'll tell us, you know, here's my email and here's the package I need. And we will email you when it's back in stock. Or there's a number of buttons on that page to, to some of those partners I mentioned. And you can see, you know, straight from our website if they have stock currently. Gotcha. That's perfect. Yeah. And that's something else too that maybe we didn't mention. You don't technically have to go outside with a tape measure and measure your circumference. Uh, the way I did it was exactly how Kent described. I went in, I put the year model of my rig uh, and just went through kind of the questionnaire. And then it knows basically... I mean, unless I made changes, there's something there too. Just you need to think about it. Right. If you made changes to your leveling system for some reason, you need to let let Snappad know that because they're going off of kind of the manufacturer's, you know, schematics for what was put on those different rigs and models throughout the years. Now, you guys also have something that's kind of interesting: is you are a North American company, but you're on both sides of the border too, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. So. I think I mentioned earlier where we live in Canada, we're actually up in Calgary, Alberta, which is close to Banff um, and the Rocky mountains. And I would recommend anyone who's listening, uh, if you're an RVer and once the border eventually opens up for you, uh, definitely make that trek up to that area of, of the country. It's, it is beautiful, especially if you're an outdoorsy type of person, but yeah, we we're up here, but we, we make snap pads in the U S uh, we ship snap pads in the U.S. You know, 98% of our sales are in the U.S. And, and we know it's also important to, to some people in America that this is all American made and, and everything. And all the supplier, new suppliers we're talking to are also resident in the U.S. So it's, uh, it is very much, although Canadian head office, it's very much an American company. Gotcha. No, that is actually, it is really important. It's funny. I, I talked about this yesterday that I was walking through the campground and there was a down American flag. And so I picked it up and rolled it up. And then I happened to notice it was made in China. And that just made me laugh like really hard where I was like, really? The American flags are made in China? That's like the one thing that maybe should never be imported, I guess. But it did make me laugh like where I'm like, it is cool when it's made here in America. And, and I'm excited to hear kind of about your growing pains too, that things are growing, that you're having to find multiple uh, kind of manufacturers for it, which is great. Just means more jobs, more work rather than just sticking with one and growing big. There's a business lesson there, folks. If you are owning your own business, having multiple people produce your product is actually really smart. You know, if one does get shut down for some reason or there's issues, you're not losing a beat. So I appreciate you kind of bringing that up too, Kent. Now, um, I'll list all this stuff down below, but again, you can go to snappad.com um, and I'm pretty sure, you know, you'll be able to figure everything out you need there. But like Kent said, you can search it basically on Amazon, Google, Walmart, you'll find them for your rig. And I highly recommend it. Any uh, closing thoughts or anything like that as we uh, close down this quick little episode? No, not really. I really appreciate you, you know, having me on talking through things. And uh, it's, uh, it's interesting, the, the situation we're in now, uh, given what's happening. Uh, it sounds like a lot of people are going to go towards sort of the rootless lifestyle and the remote work. And it's I'm really fascinated to see how this kind of might fundamentally change uh, lifestyles, especially in North America here. I agree. I think we're going to see, especially maybe it's not like the the hundred percent, but I think people are really Ooh. looking at it now as a way to vacation as opposed to flying and driving 
or renting a hotel. I totally agree with you. And, and I think you will see a big uptick. I mean, it sounds like even right now, just the whole industry is starting to bounce back. And yeah, I mean, probably a, a lot of your losing kind of so much of your inventory is that as we were stuck in quarantine as RVers, we were like, okay, what kind of repairs, what kind of things do I need to do? We got bored. You know, I know I, my Amazon shopping was at a top notch the last six months and it's been <laughs> in a while as I buy things where, man, I really didn't need that, but whatever, it'll look funny. Um, but the snap yeah. pads is something I'm stoked on. So, you know, again, you guys, if you can learn anything from me, don't wait three years. As soon as you get your rig, and uh, run out and grab a parent if you already had a rig and you don't have snap pads. I highly recommend grabbing them. And Kent, thanks so much, man, for coming on the show and hanging out and talking with us. And I hope people enjoy this new kind of segment to the show where we'll be interviewing people that are making uh, really cool products or modifications for your rig and just, you know, kind of how they got started and what they're making. My pleasure, man. Thanks so much. Well, another fun episode, and hopefully you enjoyed this change-up. Well, another fun episode, and hopefully you enjoyed this change-up as we discussed a very cool product that you can own to make RVing a little more easier and enjoyable. I encourage everyone to head over to rvsnappad.com and get yourself some new shoes for your rig. They're worth every penny. If there's a product you think other digital nomads need to know about, please email me a link to that product at podcast at rootlessliving.com, and I'll check them out myself. Hey, another friendly reminder, if you're really enjoying this podcast or the Rootless Living Magazine. Can you do me a favor? Can you share it on your favorite social media channel? Let's let your friends and family know about it. It's a huge help. And like always, if you think you know someone that would make a good guest, or that guest might even be you, please send us an email at podcast at rootlessliving.com and let's see if we can help tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless.